welcome to Everything Acting Podcast. Oh. This is the best podcast ever because True. this is the first time True I've statement. <laughs> I've ever had a lyricist and a book writer of real American full-on musical theater. We just had the Tonys. I am sitting here with Sukari Jones. Perfectly pronounced. And um, <laughs> Sukari writes musicals. She writes yes. the book and, yes. and all the words to the songs. Yes. And I am going to have Sukari tell us um, what are you most proud of in your musical writing career? My musical writing career, I think the thing I'm most proud of is coming from a background where none of my family knows what a musical is. Um, I think my family thinks I'm a journalist and teaching myself everything about musical theater from the history to the construction of a book and the craft of lyric writing by getting myself into things like the graduate musical theater writing program at Tisch School of the Arts with NYU and then going on to the BMI Flame and Angle musical theater writing workshop and kind of learning everything there is to know coming from nothing. I understand that you wrote um, there's so many areas I want to go in, but let's. I just want the audience to get an idea of your territory of your work. I know Great. you wrote a musical about Emmett Till. Um, I did. Tell me I did. about your territory so they sure. can get an idea of what kind of musicals you write. Sure. So coming into musical theater, knowing nothing, uh, I found myself in a situation where I was so intrigued by musical theater as an art form because it's kind of like the wild, wild west, I thought. And I thought, you know, you can really do anything at all with musical theater. And I wonder why people aren't delving into some topics. So I thought literally, and this is in grad school, what could I write that would literally make everyone uncomfortable? Oh, I know, <laughs> a musical inspired by the murder of Emmett Till. Um, it came from an assignment where we had to pick a historical figure who was very personal to you. And I picked Emmett Till because I thought that without his story and kind of what uh, I think many African-American children are taught in by way of kind of what rules to follow that are unspoken in society without learning about him and without his murder I wouldn't be where I was today. Oh let me take a pause for the cause because we have listeners all around the world yes. and Emmett Till pause it up. Yes is um, he is a, a boy who came from Chicago I guess he was 14 yep. years old yep. And this was back in the 60s? What year? In 1955. He had just turned 14. He was... Um, he was like a, a really... Um, smart alecky. Smart alec. clown. Yeah. Very imaginative. And his mother sent him down south for yes. the summer. Yes. And, and then, then what happened? And then less than a week later, he was his body was dragged from the Tallahatchie River because he had been brutally lynched and for he allegedly went, whistling at a white woman. Exactly. He went to a, like a candy it. store or something, yep. right? He went to the Bryant's uh, family store and, saw and allegedly a white woman. whistled at a white woman. Mm -hmm. And then the husband heard about it and came back. And at 2.30 in the morning, he dragged Emmett Till out of his uncle's house and drove him around trying to intimidate him and scare him. And um, eventually kind of tortured him by wrapping a barbed wire around his neck, weighed down, weighing down, him down with a gin fan, and then throwing him in the river. And one of the reasons that um, I think the Emmett Till um, name and story is so huge here in America, of course we have the, the taint of racism, is that his mother insisted on there being an open casket. Right. So this was probably one of the 
few times that you actually saw in a casket mm -hmm. um, the result of a lynching. Exactly. You know, and Yes, and that picture close. was very famous. It was on the cover of Jet Magazine. And her strength and her choice to have an open casket kind of spurred on the civil rights movement shortly thereafter. Rosa Parks decided to take a stand by mm -hmm. keeping her seat. Yes. And it precipitated a lot of events. And um, that is really the... That's, you're going to, if you're in, a, in here in America, you're going to know at least that much. Yes. Okay, so now the rest of the world is caught up on Emmett Till. So yes. pick up where you were on writing the musical about so that happy musical, subject. So musical, what I had to do to tackle that, and I think part of what I was drawn to in the story is I'm drawn to stories that I feel are untouchable or that are something that, I don't know, they're too important to even reimagine or grasp onto um, mm -hmm. in a fictional way as taking artistic license and I wanted to approach and I wanted to take it on because I wanted something that felt so important to me that I could work on it for the rest of my life wow. for years upon years to, dis to discover and rediscover the story mm -hmm. for myself and I was especially interested in taking this figure who we learned from um, in history Emmett Till and kind of imagining him as a real flesh and blood person and what his feelings would be like um, what it would be like if we saw him experiencing puppy love for the first time, mm. what if he was really into comic books, seeing kind of his funny spirit and imagination, kind of imagining the human being before the tragedy and kind of seeing what happens with him, making him into kind of a mythic figure. I think as an artist, I think um, we all, I mean, that's part of our, our job is to really yeah. humanize. Yes. And I like what you're talking about because um, that's always the connection. Yeah. That's how it gets down yeah. to the heart. Yes. And something I was so blessed with is wonderful actors. I'm not going to get on a pedestal about or, or my, my thing about it, but I love actors so much because actors are these brilliant wonder beings who inhabit your characters for you, show you who they really are, and speak to you through the characters' voices. And I had the opportunity to work with this brilliant actor, Titus Burgess, who kind of originated that role for me. I know him. And he's, he's wonderful. He's handsome, and he would beat me up for going on about him, so I won't. But it's just wonderful to, to have actors show you the truth about your own writing. And I think that's one of the most rewarding experiences as a writer. Wow. You know, so. this is so special for the podcast audience because we usually have actors on or actors turn right. directors. Right. And for us to hear that, I just got to no. say for the audience, <laughs> thank you so much for no. saying that because we don't get it from that point well, of view. Well, as a writer, on behalf of all writers, thank actors for existing. There's just some, so much to be learned from them. And I think act, our writers who are you know smart enough to listen to what the actors have to say are the most, uh, they just received gifts upon gifts from the actors. Um, I kind of just learned about different theater techniques where you kind of, the director and the writer and the actors all play kind of a role mm -hmm. in the theater. And I love that because then everyone's great ideas get captured. And I think actors have so many great ideas. And sometimes I find that they're scared to say them. Because I think maybe, and you, you know, you could tell me, but I, it seems like in their experience they're more used to just like doing the part, directed as written, don't make anything up, don't <laughs> whatever. Oh, definitely. So. I think um, in traditional theater, mm -hmm. that's what we're sort of taught is to, you know, stay in our lane. Yeah. And, but in the new play discovery, and mm -hmm. at Yale certainly, where yep. you do a, not a, a lot yes. of new plays, yes. and, 
at the O'Neill mm-hmm. and at Sundance and mm-hmm. in these, and I'm sure at the places where you yeah, work on new works. Yeah, especially. Yeah. They're, they're great about that. So then that's like a different kind of, and that's the best, those are the best places to work. Yes. Where yeah. everyone's kind of learning from each other. Exactly. I kind of feel like as a writer, we're the ones who craft the bicycle, but the director and the actors are the ones, you know, pedaling it and driving it around and giving us something to see and making it real. Yeah, so. I think it's like a service, like in, in a new play, everyone's looking for the play. Mm-hmm. And no one mm-hmm. knows for sure. Correct. If it's going to go. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, so back to Emmett Till yes. and the play. Yeah. And so... Um, and what happened with that? Is that like your most realized work? Do you have a big production? Tell me about that. Uh, that was a thesis reading that went on to, I got to the chance to develop it um, at different places like Berkeley. And um, I helped, I got some help with it when I was at the public theater, wow. just doing some dramaturgy on mm-hmm. it. And so I think right now I'm just looking for the right composer for that piece and then it will <laughs> pop into existence. Oh my God. I mean, to me that process is, okay, first of all, I first fell in love with musical theater. Yes. And But I don't sing, so I had to be an actor. Okay. So this, to me, I feel like I'm in with royalty. Oh. You know, this is like the, oh my God, you know, <laughs> I'm having like chills. Because yeah. the, to me, the musical is mm-hmm. the highest form of theater. I have to completely agree. Yeah. I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. I think that music has this power to reach into your soul universally and tell you, ex- or not tell you, but um, kind of telegraph this basic human emotion that we all share and we all feel it before we think it and we all know it before we know it. And it's just something that's so live and so personal and so present that I think it's the most emotionally affecting and the most involving art How did form. you fall in love with musicals? Did your parents take you to the... I did not know what musical story? theater was until I went to Vassar College. And what? I, yes. You didn't start till Vassar? I didn't know what a musical was. My friends and I made up a play that was um, told through songs and I thought we had invented something. Um, we really? Hadn't. No. You hadn't gone to the... Theater no. and sing musicals like no, as a kid? No, I'm from not the best part of town. I'm from Oxenhill, Maryland, which is in PG County. PG um, County. Yeah. I'm from DC, it's so actually, I know. It's actually said PG. That's how it's appropriately oh pronounced. Gosh, she's um, so proper but looking. I, <laughs> I don't I can't believe it. No, I'm a little rough. She um, looks like Obama's <laughs> daughter. She oh does God. not look like that. Well, I'll take it. Um, well, this is, they don't know it. I have to give a visual. Oh, okay, you're right. I'm very svelte. Yes. Um, I'm attractive. I'm single. <laughs> yes. Um, no, and then um, I think what happened was I knew Disney musicals. I uh-huh. didn't know they were musicals. I just thought they were Disney movies. Okay. And then in Vassar College, I met my best friend, Gordon Leary, who kind of introduced me to the fact that musical theater exists, and here are some musicals. And I thought, wow, these are great. And I was listening to things like Oklahoma and Ragtime, and then he... Um, showed me a musical called Dreamgirls. I don't know if you know of it. Um, I know the entirety of it by heart. Okay. Uh, um, okay yes. can we pause. Just take... Pause for the cause. Pause for the cause. Pause, pause for the cause. Okay. So um, when I was a kid, okay, yes. The Wiz was the first one. But but yes. I don't want to make it about me. Yes. But I just want to let you make know it. Do it. that musicals, for, like you can memorize them. Mm-hmm. I used to memorize yes. them. Mm-hmm. They were on albums mm-hmm. back in my day. 
And of course, I did see Dreamgirls on Broadway. Oh my gosh, Because I came from jealousy. the other side of the tracks. Okay. And so I did see it, and okay. I would buy the album, then yes. memorize it, and do it as monologue. Oh my God! <laughs> okay. I was at theater. Classy. Geek. That is amazing. I wish I could go back in time and be you. In the bathroom <laughs> in eighth grade and no. seventh grade no. for my friends. No! At the Murray School. At the Murray School. Amazing. Oh, yes. Dreamgirls is a life-changing musical. Yeah. It was when I heard Jennifer Holliday telling the everyone, everyone in the room that she is not going, that I thought, I cannot believe this is real life. And then my second thought was, wow, if she's allowed to sing this, then I'm allowed to write musicals that star black people. And I, I actually did not know that you were allowed to write things that starred black people or, or women or black women until after Dreamgirls. And it was so eye-opening and I just felt like I had now opened this door that led to a gigantic, you know, room with no ceiling in it. And it was, it, it was an amazing freeing experience. And Dreamgirls we was free. my We free, we free, we free. Exactly. Oh, that's awesome. Girls. Yes. Wow, I'm getting Come chills. <laughs> I can't okay. sing. I can't help it. Oh. Okay, so what is, <laughs> so what's your process? Like, how do you get, like, an idea oh, sure. to tell I me about that? nothing but dorky things to say on this topic. Okay. Um, problem in life. I have nothing but ideas. So what I have to do is... Thank God for iPhones. I push the little microphone button, oh. and then I email myself these long, sprawling, ridiculous paragraphs in the middle of the night or in, while I'm eating lunch that have ideas in it. Mm -hmm. And then if I still care about that idea a little while later, I'll get out my note cards. And I have tons of note cards. You go to the dollar store, you get 100 note cards. It's like a dollar. It's the name of the store. Um, <laughs> I'll just like sit at the library because um, you can write for free and there's a desk. And I'll think, what has to? What do I know has to happen in the show? And then on each note card, I'll just write the very basic idea of a beat. And I'll say, I don't know. I'm working on a play right now, a two-on-one play um, called Zombie Play in brackets. Um, it's about two roommates who don't Zombies are hot. Yes. Zombie play. Yes. Um, <laughs> and the two roommates did not get along, and one of them was going to move out. But then the zombie apocalypse happened. And so they're arguing, and then there's a knock on the door. That's that's a whole play. Um, Who but, doesn't love that? Um, hopefully no one. Hopefully everyone loves that. I love that. Okay. I'm really into Well, you could be in it. There's no singing. Walking there is a character who sings, but it's badly. Oh, so, I can sing badly, honey. There you go. Um, so what I did for that is I just said, well, what do I know has to happen? Okay. Zombie apocalypse occurs. Mm -hmm. Um, annoying roommate kicks out her friend. And I mean, it's just different stuff. You just say every tiny thing and then I'll come up with a handful of index cards. And at the end I'll say, okay, so now let me organize these and I'll sit on my bed and I'll put them out all out until they're in order. And then I will, this is really drawn out. This is too long. No, this is, that's why um, did we have this form because. We're almost done, audience. Somebody could be Let's really inspired up. because somebody doesn't yeah. know. And that's uh, our idea. Okay. Oh, let me just say. Yes. The purpose of the podcast yes. is to inform, inspire, and okay. demystify. Oh, great. The actor's journey. Okay. But one of our core beliefs yep. is that, um, is that you have to make your own way. Uh, so there's somebody out yes. there who is an actor who's also 
writer. A writer. Oh, and those are great writers. Ooh. And they don't know about these yeah. cards and what to do with yeah. them. Yeah, one of my so colleagues in yeah. the public theater emerging writers group, Nicole Beckwith, is gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Beside the point, she's also brilliant and she started as an actor. See? Brilliant writer. Um, but just to finish up with the process, bunch of note cards are on my bed I finally look at them and it just feels right this feels like the correct order I'll type it up into an outline and then the outline after I finish typing I'll think okay and also this should go here and then I'll have this outline and then I creepy style get into this weird zone where I will just commit to going to the library for like a four-hour chunk a day this is why I'm single and I'll just <laughs> go and I'll just sit there and I'll just like write I'll just keep writing and for four hours I don't stop I can like write nothing I can write everything I can write a paragraph but four hours begins and it doesn't end until the library closes and this nice guy named Charlie comes around and he's like could you could you leave could you please leave and then I do leave grudgingly I try to hide in the stack sometimes so he doesn't find me, but I just finish writing and then whatever I've done for the day is done and then eventually it turns out to be a play. And it's just easy because I have my outline in front of me and I say, this is what I'm writing today and I'll just... I am so impressed with so. you right now. <laughs> what I call that is faithfulness oh, because it's like you I show up. That, uh, you issues. show up. That's faith. Well, you show up yes. and you move your hand. You or have you, to. You, and, and you do that faithfully, yeah. whether it's good you or do. bad, you show you up. You have to. I think as a writer, oh, maybe you can relate as an actor, but sometimes it just seems like you have this amorphous path and it stretches before you and you don't know if there will be a happy ending. And I mean, I feel like so many of my writer colleagues and I right now are like, what if we don't make it? What if we're just secretaries forever? What if this is our life? And you have to make the choice that A, it doesn't matter because as long as you're writing, you are a writer. And then, I don't know, it's just about believing in yourself and believing in your own craft. And um, it's just... Well, I always think like, is Zerl Neer Hurston a writer? Yes. You know? Answer yes. <laughs> the, yes. Yeah. I mean, is she a writer? Mm -hmm. She's long gone. Mm-hmm. And her work's been made into a movie. Yes. You know, her work, we still talk about. It's on yes. the bookshelves. It's considered a classic. Yeah. And yet she died without a lot of money. Mm -hmm. So. Oh, yes. Yeah. But mm -hmm. is she a writer? Yes. Yep. Did she do her work? Yes. Yes. She, did she show up yep. like you did? Yep. Yes. If I, you know, God rest her soul, if I was her and I had my work done all these years later and people yep. still speak my name. Yep. Was I a writer? I think yes. you're a writer if you can, even just backing up from productions, if you get to a point with a draft and you call yourself done with it and you are really proud of what you've done and it's complete and you feel like you have gotten your idea from your mind and, and from your heart onto the page, exact, like including everything you wanted, you've succeeded. I think so. And everything else after that is just kind Gravy. of like the business. So Right. So no. I want to know, because a musical is almost to me like a feature film. Oh. Because it's a big undertaking. You know it is. There are lots of moving parts. There's so, it's, mm -hmm. and it, it, it's not something that is done with one person. Mm -mm. I mean, even if, <laughs> even if it was a one man no. on the stage, it cannot uh -oh. be done with one it's person. It's a horde of people. <laughs> yes. Right. Correct. And so it, so it takes, and it takes a shitload of money. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. So how do you keep yourself, I don't know, sustained mm -hmm. while your, your goal is so big? Yes. 
you know? Yeah. Well, a couple things about that. Musical theater and money. Um, <laughs> you know, I am going to be honest with you. I don't really aspire to Broadway shows at this point because I feel like Broadway shows are for a certain audience. And I think for the most part, that audience is a commercial audience. Mm -hmm. um, sure, there are shows that are more arty, but I think a lot of Broadway is um, super commercial, which just means like these huge budgets. And um, I've noticed um, this trend, and you see it at the Tony Awards, with Hollywood kind of being mm -hmm. everywhere. And I think it's because nothing in theater happens without money. And, you know, whether it's from celebrities that are bringing it or like the brand that mm -hmm. you're adapting yeah. the musical from it's there's the bottom line is so in your face that i it's it would be difficult for me to kind of conceive um of too many shows that i would you know be be projects of the heart like were labors of love that i would want to put on there i mean there's some what shows inspire you like that? What shows do you love that, that, are, that, on are, broadway that are on broadway now or just in the last 10 years that we can mm. relate to I loved Scottsboro Boys. Mm -hmm. I loved that. Um, yeah. I thought it was brave. I thought it was funny in a way that I appreciated. It was kind of like, um, eat it funny. It was like, <laughs> you know, guess yeah. what? Broadway can also do this. Yeah. And um, act say I like when shows say they're not safe and then they really, truly aren't safe. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know. What did really you think like of Book of Mormon? I did not see Book of Mormon. Oh, because it's, um, you know, all has, <laughs> I would be interested on your perspective on that. Or like Julie Taymor's work, or, mm -hmm. um, is, have you seen any of that? I've seen The Lion King. Well, what did you think of that? I cried. Good. Um, I kind of have this problem where I love everything Disney does. I don't know what happens. I get in there, I get sucked in emotionally. In The Lion King, in the first 10 minutes, they have children who are baby giraffes come out, and I saw a baby giraffe, and I started crying. Um, What's wrong with that? <laughs> um, nothing except, like, children handed me <laughs> things to cry into. She's getting tears in her um, eyes right now. She's a mush. I cried into <laughs> her seat, so... Yeah. To me, it's like, um, their theater can do that, too. I mean, it can be just satisfying in that way. It can be yeah. cathartic. Yeah. Um, I mean, I wish I could see Spider-Man. I know. did see Spider-Man. Oh, how was that? You know, when all was said and done, for all of my cynicism and being jaded, I thought it was spectacular. I mean, they call it spectacular, and they don't lie, to see this guy flying around the stage. Mm -hmm. I wonder what Spider-Man will do to musical theater now that people see what's possible, both in terms of staging and also in terms of box office receipts. But, um, yeah, I saw it before the new... Version, yeah, came mm -hmm. out. Um, I think that I would call it a success in that I think it set out to be spectacular and please audiences who came to see a show about Spider Man, and it did that. I think um, that should be a part of it. I mean, mm -hmm. spectacle is a part of theater. Yeah. Um, Dreamgirls has spectacle. Yes, it I does. mean, and that sparkle sass. You want that, and yes. that is it's one part of the awe when those in the last yes. act when the costumes change mm -hmm. and I'm changing and all yes. that stuff happens. That you are the audience just is in awe, yes. You know, they're not flying, yes, but <laughs> yes. something I think Broadway proper does well. 
um, is not losing some of the splendor of these gigantic shows. I think I see a lot of, you know, musicals that are, you know, I see a lot of musicals that are inventive when they're, you know, one or two people. Yeah. And then I also see some that are just very, I don't know, poor man's bare bones. And I think there's a line between using your imagination and just things that are sad. I don't know if you've seen <laughs> Giant at the Public Theater by Michael John Lacusa. No. That made me cry a little bit. Oh, and no. And by a little bit, I mean the entirety of the show. Mm. It's a it's a musical theater show for real. It is fully orchestrated. It's brilliantly written. Um, Michael John Lacusa and also Sybil Pearson. Mm-hmm. Uh... It's just, uh, I don't know. I mean, if you wanted to see a musical, you should have seen Giant. It's just, it reminds you of what musical theater is is capable of and what it was in its heyday, but also is still modern, and Michael Johnny Cusa is the best thing ever. Oh, I'm really looking forward to seeing um, Verona. I have oh, tickets. Have you okay, seen it great. yet? No, no, I'm jealous. I'm yeah. Jealous of you. Well, um, I heard it was really, really good, and yeah. you know that's the talk of the town. And I'm trying to see Here Lies Love before it goes out. Oh, and tell me about that show. Uh it <laughs> revolves around Imelda Marcos. Oh. Uh, it's um very. I think it's a very hip show, and I've heard from my friends who I trust that it's a very remarkable and haunting, but show so I'm very excited to see that okay so oh God, we went we went so fast oh. I feel like I haven't had enough but okay <laughs> one of the most important questions we always ask is um, what advice would you give to someone out there who's wants to be where you are you've been at NYU you're an accomplished writer you've been in all these really exclusive <gasps> writing conclave oh. programs <laughs> with like the most elitist of the elitist <laughs> I mean, really, the most artistic of the artistic people, yeah. you know, working with them. How, what would you say to them? To gain kind of... Access okay. to that. How do you get partnership? How do you get, how did you get mm-hmm. into NYU? How did you, I mean, um, like... For NYU, at Vassar College, they show this hilarious, um, I don't know what to call it, an introduction to racism and issues of race video called Skin Deep. So my friends and I parodied that by writing a show called Skin Deep the Musical. Um, and I did the lyrics for that, and so I submitted that to NYU. Wow. I think what you do is you be yourself, you take risks within yourself, and you write something and put, um, Bill Fannett um, is one of the teachers at NYU, and he has this phrase, blood on the page. Make sure that you're putting something very personal of yourself onto the page and taking a risk with yourself so that it hurts to reveal it, but it feels rewarding to reveal it, and make sure you're just being you. And then I, I think you just hope that someone else likes you kind of like dating I really love that okay that is kind of (laughs) perfect you know that's what it's about I think as an artist in general I think the best actors are the ones who are like I'm gonna look like a buffoon and I'm going to do it hard and I'm going to mean it and I think just those people who are um daringly unique Wow, I'm get where they're supposed to be. I don't want to talk anymore because what? you have <laughs> put the freaking. She's a writer, of course oh. she did. Because I'm gonna mess it up. No, you that can't. was beautiful. Oh. That was so inspirational, and that's all we want to do is leave the audience with something inspiring. How can we find you? How can we support you? Do you have? What should we do? Follow you on Twitter, a website? What? What? You where should we do? Follow me on Twitter. Okay, um, what is it? 
It's just Sakari Jones. Oh, that's easy. <laughs> Twitter. And how do you spell Sakari? It's S as in Sam, U-K-A-R-I, Sakari, at Kind Rhymes with Ferrari. Oh. Bill Finch has a dozen, but that's all I have. I have a weird name. Give me a break. Let me have something. <laughs> uh, or you can Facebook me and add me and see what I'm up to. Yeah, okay. Okay. So, um, and what's next? What's next is I'm working on an exciting musical project with uh, the brilliant and sexy Titus Burgess, Ooh. Um, who you may have seen in things like Jersey Boys or The Little Mermaid um, or Guys and Dolls mm. or, oh, or on 30 Rock. Mm-hmm. He's a hairdresser. Mm-hmm. He's very juicy. Yes. Um, he's going to beat me up for saying that, but he is. <laughs> he's everything. Um, and also my little two-woman play, zombie play. I'm not. I'm going to see that. I'm a, I wish. I mean, I just want to see everything you do because you Aww. are so inspirational <laughs> and so exciting. Wow. And just to take thank you so much for no, thank you. taking coming out of your cocoon from the library. Apparently, I was the library totally must be closed. Totally up in the library until minutes ago. She and she came here. I'm so honored. Oh my god, you guys! So honored definitely follow Sukari Jones on Twitter. Find her on Facebook. <laughs> I am going to be seeing definitely that zombie thing. It reminds Excellent. me of an episode of Judge Judy because it's always Whoa. like. A, Interesting. There's always a roommate thing. Okay. You know? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Twist segue. Got it. Okay. (laughs) No. See, that's why I should have said nothing. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) They always have roommate issues, but it's an apocalypse. Wow. Okay. Um, (laughs) That's why she's a writer. Okay. So, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. It truly was inspiring. Bye.